Welcome back to Start Kyle Lorton. Oh, it's a special week, everybody. We're starting the Bad Bears Tournament, and we got one more surprise for you. With me, as always, Kyle Morris. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing good, and, it, and it's welcome back, not just to our audience, but it's welcome back to our long-lost co-host, Eric. Now, for those of you who listened to the first iteration of the Scottcast, you, you know him. You love him. You've missed him. Some of you have asked for him by name. It's a little weird, but some of you um, long for him. Uh, and if you're new to the Scottcast, which statistically is most of you, uh, this is Eric. He is the lost. He was our. He's our long lost third musketeer, and uh, he was with us the first time we did this podcast. And now he has rejoined us. Um, he, he sat out most of our, our early episodes because he has never seen a college football, and his draft takes are entirely dependent on what we tell him to feel about the draft after it's happened so eric say hello to the people hello it's me i'm here i'd like to thank you for uh, that lengthy introduction it made me feel very welcome you are you're more than welcome also, buddy i i'm choosing to believe that people have actually asked for me by name I'm swear to God. I mean, it's maybe just one person, but yes, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm confident <laughs> that at least one person has asked for me. Yeah, no, I, I've had at least two people ask when Eric is coming back. So yeah, you're that's maybe two more people than you expected, but yeah, it's it's good. Um, no, so the other exciting thing, which we have teased a little bit, uh, when we did the first iteration of this Godcast, which I, I think it's been exactly ten years since we've done this, we did oh, uh, at the at the time. We did the worst Bears of our lifetime tournament. Uh, and now we are revisiting that. We're, we are updating it because, as you may have noticed, the last 10 years of Bears football haven't been any kinder to us than, than the 20 years up until then had been. Um, so we, we decided for it was time for a new version of that tournament, uh, which we are now referring to officially as the McNown Enos Cap of Shame tournament for bad bears uh, and the reason we are doing this travis do you want to explain the mcnown enos cap of shame to the people this unholy relic yeah my uh so my parents uh the the elder franks they went to a silent auction and got gloriously smashed uh and they came back with some loot uh they had a signed picture of mike ditka great choice uh, signed boxing glove from Mike Tyson. Why? I don't know. They've never seen a boxing match in their life. Uh, but finally, the greatest thing that they bid on and won, uh, because nobody else placed the bid, was a signed hat, pristine 50-50 ball cap, signed by none other than Cade McNown and Curtis Enos. Truly the most Bears baseball cap in so history. So Travis, I actually I got roped into one time uh, helping Travis and his family clean out their their basement. Um, it's true for a garage sale, and we stumbled across this hat, uh, and we discussed what we should do with this. We talked about burning it, but then we thought that 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 would just release its evil into the air. Um, so we've kept it contained ever since, where it where it can only haunt his parents' house. But yeah, in honor of this cap and this cap alone. We are naming the tournament. The other reason we are naming the tournament after Cade McNown is, and Travis was a little upset about this at first. I was. We are no longer doing the worst bears of our lifetime. We have decided to change it to the worst bears of the last 20 years. 
um, so as to let some new blood in and to grandfather out a few older players. So, for example, uh, this is where Travis should be happy. The winner last time in, in, in a victory that Travis was not happy about was Cade McNown. Uh, and now he's no longer eligible. He last took a snap for the Bears in 2001. So the tournament is named in his honor. He goes down as the first winner, if you will. Uh, but he's off the field now, as as well as Rick Meyer, who uh, made it fairly far in that. Uh, and along with Enos, Rashawn Salam, some other guys, some other luminaries, they, they have passed into Valhalla. Uh, and they are no longer in the tournament. So now we are, we are dealing with everything from the 2003 to the 2022 seasons. Uh, it still gives us 20 years to work with, which was about the extent of our lifetimes the last year time that we did this, because we are that old now. Um, so yes, we are, we are working with the worst bears of the last 20 years. And tonight we are not settling accounts. Uh, we're going to try to narrow this field down to 16. It may take us one week. It may take us two weeks. But uh, we are going to start. I have I have compiled a list for the gentlemen. We're going to throw out these names. I'm going to give a little blurb about each nominee on the list, and then we will we will narrow each list down to the guys that we want to advance to the final field of 16. Does that sound good to everybody here? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know you've already done a lot of explaining. Do you want to explain the regions and I, why we've created them? Yes, absolutely. So we have four regions in this draft. The eventual goal here is to narrow it down to a field of 16 with four players in each region. Uh, but I have started with 10 guys in each region from which we will pick those four. Uh, the four regions are, drumroll please, region one, the quarterbacks. Uh, I don't need to explain this one. If you are a Bears fan, you know we've had a lot of shitty quarterbacks. We have to contain them all in one region, otherwise they dominate the entire tournament. So we make the quarterbacks, just like we did this last time, we'll do it at this time, we are making the quarterbacks compete only against each other. Number two, draft region number two, drafted disappointments. Now I limited this solely to first and second round picks. Uh, there will be another category I will talk about in just a minute, for guys maybe drafted later. But first and second round picks, these are players who should be stars, who should be starters. And these fellas in this list were not, I mean, they may have been starters, they, but they were not stars. Uh, and, and the starts they got, we were all the worst for. So Being a starter is not high praise around here. <laughs> no, it's True. not. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's drafted disappointments. That, one, that one's fairly easy. Uh, the third region... Free agent and trade failures. So these were guys signed to... I tried to limit it to guys that were signed to multi-year deals. Got a lot of money. Got at least double digits in the millions as far as guaranteed money goes. Guys that were signed to really be starters and contributors. I, I did not include guys like Dante Pettis, who signed for vet minimum and sucked ass. Because that's what you expect from a guy that signs for vet minimums. So these are guys that were signed or traded for with hopes to be plus starters on competitive teams, and they were not that. And finally, our last region, uh, I'm, we're referring to this region as the just why region. These are gentlemen who stuck around for longer than they should have, got more opportunities than they should have, despite the fact that they were not high draft picks. They were not highly paid. These are just guys who you probably should have predicted, based on the resources used to acquire them or invested in them, 
were not good players, and yet we were forced to watch them for far too long and in far too many key spots. Um, and, and that is the Just Why region. So those are our four regions. How are we feeling, fellas, about our regions? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I... I feel like we've got some some tough choices to get into the the field of 16. I also feel like we have some guys who I don't understand why they're on this list. The preliminary uh, list? Absolutely. Yep. That's what I'm hoping for cuz I'm going to make I am going to make a short I have a blurb written. I'm going to make a short case for every one of these guys I mentioned just to say why they're even on the list and I am not I'm going to let you two have your votes before I myself vote on each guy, or whether I advance each guy. Uh, so I'm just going to make a case for everyone on this list, even if they are not the ones that I personally should think I think should make the field of 16. I will make a case for each gentleman. So if you are ready, I'm ready. Are we ready to just dive in then? I think we might as well. Uh, are you ready, Eric? Yes, I, I actually... Uh... Went and, and and remembered some really bad guys. You we remembered the last few days. We remembered some guys. Yeah, no I will say. I will say I did some research. I did research on all of these guys, um, and you would be surprised. I would say there are forty names that we're going to go through either all tonight or or tonight and next week. There are forty names, and I would say out of those forty, when I was doing deep statistical research on all forty, there was only one guy on this list that I was like, you know. He wasn't as bad as I remembered. There were a lot more than that where I was like, wow, I knew it was bad, but holy shit. So, without further ado, because there's been a lot of ado already, uh, the quarterback region. We'll just start at the beginning. That's that's what the people want, you know. Uh, I'm gonna, The first name I'm going to throw out there, I don't think we need to debate very long. I think I'm not even going to say much about him. I think we all agree at the very minimum this man is in the the field of 16. He, he's in the final four. I'm just going to say it. We'll rip the bandit off right now. Mitchell Trubisky. Does anybody have any argument with Mitchell Trubisky at least entering the tournament? No, that's a one seed. That's a one sure. seed? Yeah. That's a one seed. I, I, All right. I feel like I feel like the seeds are going to be randomly. I don't think we need to reseed. I don't or think anything, we actually. But need there's no doubt. We need to fight. Mitch is here. Mitch yes. is here. Mitch I, is I here. Think okay. That probably the strongest argument to be made on the list is that Mitch Trubisky belongs in this tournament. Okay. Mitch is in. Mitch is in. We're moving on. Tabled. To done. All right. Quarterback number two on the list. Probably the most controversial. Definitely the most controversial to anyone who listened to this podcast back in the day. To hear me say this. I do, in fact, on the list, gentlemen, I have Jay Cutler. And here's what I have to say about that. The best Bears quarterback of them all. And statistically, he now he, he owns almost all the records. Not the single season ones, though. He never did bu- bump that Eric Kramer 1995 season out of the way. Uh, like I hoped he would. So the best Bears quarterback of all time uh, was a massive disappointment. Really, he is the best Bears quarterback I think of of at least the last thirty years we could say since whenever Jim McMahon stopped uh, having a functioning kidney or whatever. Um, but he he was a disappointment, and by all accounts, he's a total jag bag on top of that. So um, you you fought with relatives over Jay Cutler. At no point did you really enjoy the Jay Cutler era. It was exhausting, and that was as good as it got. So I think just 
just the fact that he was the best Bears quarterback of all time, possibly, and it meant absolutely fucking nothing, is is just to sum up the franchise as a whole, it's kind of why he's on this list. Uh, do we want to vote now, or should I go through the other nine, and we'll figure out the remaining three of those nine? So I think we get we could probably go back and forth and then go back and see uh, okay. uh, right. how yeah. many slots yeah, we have left. Yeah. I don't okay. think Jay. I, will, I don't think I will, he's a guaranteed inclusion. Okay. Yeah, I'll say if I okay. think someone for sure belongs, right. but but there will be debate slots on here. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. Next up, I, I I don't. Do you want to do you want to lay out the arguments for each guy, or do you want to just introduce all ten and then we'll be like we need to get a couple guys off the list? What do you want to do? I, I compiled these blurbs, motherfucker. I'm going to read he, you the blurbs. He has notes. What? <laughs> do you blurbs. want us to give our blurbs after your blurb? Or yeah, do you want to give just let me give, go back then. Let, let me give, have to uh, vote on each guy. <laughs> yeah, let me give the blurbs. Let me give the blurbs and then we'll cycle through. So, the next contestant... We'll just roll out the next contestants relatively fast then. The next contestant is Mike Glennon. Fun fact... There have been 38 Bears quarterbacks to attempt at least 100 passes uh, with the Bears since the merger in 1970. Mike Glennon ranks 37th of those 38, just ahead of Rick Myrer, in yards per completion at exactly 9 yards per completion. And again, folks, that's per completion, not attempt. The most impotent passer in Bears history. Do you have yards per attempt? Uh, no, I could look it up, but it was bad. Yeah, um, I'm just very curious to see how much worse it is. <laughs> uh, it, was bad. it was bad. I, I want to say it was no more than 5.3. It was... Oh, no, he, he did hit 6.0. Okay. So exactly six yards per attempt, but just nine yards per completion. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure the yards per attempt, the lowest we've had, is another dude on this list. It's Foles, isn't it? Uh, Nick Foles. Yeah, let's That was see. like 5.5, was it not? It was very bad. It was, it was, well, he was only there for, let's see here, Nick Foles was at, no, he was at 6.1, oh, but shit. it was 5.9 in 2020. He he balled out in that one game against okay. Seattle uh, when he played in 2021. It, it bumped his average up a bit. Uh, yeah, so anyways, he, my, my up, argument for and, Nick Foles is actually that he eliminated Mitch Trubisky with that game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, well, we will get to Nick in a second, sir. In a second, quarterback number four. That was a beautiful uh, segue. Look, at you just slap it down, Jesus. Maybe I should have. Maybe I. Well, I guess Nick Foles is on there. So the Nick Foles. The Nick Foles blurb. Uh, it's less really about about Nick uh, and more about what he represented. Because the minute that, like you said, he killed Mitch. The minute he came in, it was the admission that the Bears had traded up and spent the number two overall pick on a guy who was not a guy. Uh, Nick Foles was it, it, Nick Foles felt very much like when Brian when the Bears turned to Brian Greasy and gave up on Rex Grossman like it, it wasn't even necessarily the wrong move at the time but you knew what it was saying and it was that you could kiss any hopes of seeing a Super Bowl in the near future goodbye um but he did talk a lot of shit about Matt Nagy like so much shit about Matt Nagy uh back to another guy who is more an idea than a man, and less about his statistics, less about his performance. 
than what he represented. Uh, Andy Dalton is also in this top in this list of ten quarterbacks because that was arguably maybe this could be a tournament we do someday the single stupidest coaching decision that a Bears head coach has ever made was to just arrogantly stick with this journeyman quarterback over even allowing his young quarterback, the only hope he had of saving his job to, to play and show progress. Uh, so Andy is on the list. Uh, next up, Caleb Haney. Uh, what I have about Caleb, uh, he played in the NFC championship game, as you remember, and the final margin of that game was determined by a pick six that Caleb threw to a 334-pound defensive tackle. Uh, And when he played in 2011, the next season, he had the second-worst adjusted net yards per attempt. That's a statistic I like to use use a lot because it factors in uh, sacks, interceptions, touchdowns, and whatnot, uh, and boils it down to a nice, neat number. And in that number, uh, Caleb Haney has the uh, second-lowest... of any bear, any of any of those thirty-eight Bears quarterbacks I mentioned before, except for the guy who's dead last, which is again Rick Myrer, uh, a man who is grandfathered from this tournament. But uh, now that I'm seeing these statistics, I'm beginning to wonder if maybe he should have gone farther last time. Uh, and they gave up a first-round pick for that guy. Um, next up, I, I don't think this one's going to have much debate either. I feel strongly he's going to be in my final four. Rex Grossman. Rex Grossman, folks. Do I need to say it? Do I need? Do we need to explain why he's on the list? I, I think you just put Rex Grossman in for the same reason as Mitch, and then we we talk about we, everybody. We talk else. about those final two. Okay, so yeah. yeah, Mitch, Mitch, and Rex are in, no doubt. Okay, uh, I'm going to then also list as one quarterback the the 2004 Bears quarterbacks other than Rex, and and the only blurb I have for these three men: Jonathan Quinn, Craig Krenzel, and Chad Hutchinson. Um, I'm just going to read off their combined statistics that year, if you'll bear with me for a second. They completed 202 passes out of 387 attempts. That is a completion percentage of 52.2%. Uh, they managed 2,034 yards, which is which was just 156 yards per game, uh, at 5.3 yards per attempt, um, with 8 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 61 sacks, and a 60.4 passer rating combined. Uh, I put these three in as one quarterback um, simply because I, I still think of all the Bears years I have seen, that was the single worst passing offense that they have put together. Uh, just watching those three really hurt. Um, the next quarterback on the list, Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley, folks. And, and here's a fun stat about Matt Barkley. This one I didn't even realize until I looked it up. Uh, they're... The only quarterback in the last 30 years to have a higher interception percentage in a single season than what Matt Barkley had with the 2016 Bears, which was 6.5%, uh, was Heath Schuler, one of the most famous quarterback busts of all time. So yeah, Matt Barkley uh, got picked off a lot. Like, literally twice as often as Jay Cutler and Rex Grossman. How's that for you? Uh, that's really saying something, isn't it? And finally, the last quarterback on our list of 10, I have Todd Collins. And the only thing I have to say about Todd Collins is remember when I talked about Caleb Haney a few minutes ago? Do you remember how there was no question at the time that nonetheless Caleb Haney was a better option than Todd? That I think that says everything it needs to say about Todd. So those are 
our 10 quarterbacks that we need to narrow down to four, and we've already picked two of them. Trubisky and Grossman are in. So we need to pick two out of Cutler, Glennon, Dalton, Haney, Foles, the 2004 Bears Hydra, Matt Barkley, and Todd Collins. The floor is open, gentlemen. All right, should I... I feel like maybe I should uh, nominate someone to be eliminated and not moved on. How do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, let's, let's do it that way. I like that. Let's do that, yeah. Okay, I did want to give a special shout-out to a guy we didn't include, Jimmy Clausen, only because he was so bad, he induced the punt game. The game in which the Bears only punted. The only I, such game in NFL history. I, the, You know what? I, I think Jimmy deserves an honorable bunch for that. He's also... Uh, part of the funniest attempt I have ever seen of a coach to try to save his job when, when Tressman was like, you know what? I need yep. to show that my offense is not to blame. It's Cutler. Let's send out Jimmy, Jimmy Clausen out there and show them the brilliance of the Trest fence. Um, so yeah, honorable disaster. Honorable mention to Jimmy. Um, okay. That's a nice teaser. So I, I did ask folks for some off-season ideas, things they wanted us to cover in this dead zone before a training camp started. We did mention the Bad Bears tournament, but some folks also said they maybe wanted start Kyle Orton the lost years, where we revisit uh, some of those late Tressman, John Fox, and Matt Nagy years that we were not doing this podcast. Uh, so I do think I, I could find some more things to say about the Tressman era uh, if we needed. Definitely the Jimmy Clausen mentioned stirs up some memories. Yeah, I okay. All right, let's let's start eliminating people. The guy we rank these guys in reverse order. Okay, the, guy, right, me... the first guy I would eliminate would be Mike Glennon. Simply, he did not play enough. He was bad, but he got out of the way pretty quickly for Mitch, and then uh, we had to deal with that. That's a guy who's already through. He was very bad, as you as you showed with those statistics, but it was in a small sample size. Um, we did pay him too much money, but it was only for one year, and we kind of had to spend it. Um, and a big thing for me in this is a bad bear isn't necessarily the worst player. Uh, it has to be somebody who caused me psychic damage. Like, how badly did did you fuck with me every Sunday? And Mike Glennon just wasn't around long enough uh, to really scar me. So I would throw. Yeah, him I would. Out. I would say a lot of a lot of the uh, a lot of the argument for throwing Mike Glennon out too is that I did not expect him to be good, and well, it's hard to be surprised that he was not good. That is fair, but I will remind you, gentlemen, we have an entire region of the just why folks because I, I think we don't want to go too far down the road of it's not their fault they were bad if they weren't supposed to be good. No, because I no, do I, still I, think I, there's I, a category I, I, for. So I think I think I will agree with Travis more. The main reason I think we're throwing out Mike Glennon is he did not play enough, and it was also clear from the minute they drafted Mitch that this man was signed as nothing more than a decoy uh, and a placeholder. So, and unlike certain other quarterbacks on this list, and unlike certain other head coaches, John Fox did not stubbornly insist uh, that Glennon remain the starter long after. Yeah, well, and um, I would say that's why it is an argument here, but not for the Just Why region. Yes. The Just Why fellas stuck around sometimes for years. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's fair. Longevity in a for those prominent guys. That's fair. Absolutely. Mike okay. Glennon yeah, I'm never supposed to do anything, and indeed, I will. <laughs> I will agree. I will agree. I will agree. I will agree with Travis. Him. I will. I will agree with striking Mike Glennon from the ballot. But I want to make it clear, Mike. 
you really fucking suck. This is not... Mm-hmm. You're not... This is not a... Not, not being considered the worst Chicago Bear of all bear. time... Bear. ...is not saying you are a good player. Yeah, these I want to make that... These cl- are low lows, gentlemen. Yeah, I want to make it my cl- clear, Mike. You're very bad, uh, and you've actually gotten worse since you left Chicago. Um this man was last seen averaging 4.7 yards per attempt for the Giants. So um, so you're spared the, the rest of the tournament, Mike, but you still suck. And we know he's listening. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Travis. I, I, will, I will nominate. Uh, you will nominate? You know this is coming. Are you nominating a man to be eliminated? I'm nominating a, a person who should not be in the field of 16. Okay. All right, I don't thrown think out. should be on this list at all. You know I'm going to say it. Jay Cutler is not... The worst Chicago Bear of all time. Ooh. He does not belong on this list. I, I think, am aware I of think... how disappointing he was. I am aware of the damage he has caused to everyone. I am aware of what an enormous douchebag he turned out to be as a human being. See, I think this is where we're... I mean, a large the, the fun of this tournament is really... It's metaphysical and it's debating the meaning of worse. Because Travis mentioned psychological damage... And I tell you, folks, could you point to a single other bear who has caused more psychological damage than Jay Cutler, if you think about it? I can, uh, but he... I will save those arguments for when those <laughs> gentlemen come up. <laughs> I, uh, so opportunity cost is definitely going to be an argument here. We dealt with Jay Cutler for eight seasons. Also, I will remind you, gentlemen... That both of you smartly chose not to watch Jay's last season as a bear, and I did watch that fucking season, and that is how I remember Jay Cutler. Uh, So, the memory in my brain is the combination of John Fox and Jay Cutler, and that really drives home uh, a a deep-seated hatred. But I could see, because yes, I I think the quality of the player does have to factor into this, and he is undoubtedly the best actual quarterback on this list of. So yes, I will. I will actually. I, so I, I that was some devil's advocate shit there. I will agree with Eric. He does not uh, belong in the field of sixteen. However, I did think the experience there was worth mentioning he, he and worth debating. He, he has to be talked about. He the disappointment. The disappointment factor is worth debating in terms of worse. But yes, I will agree. That we can strike Jay Cutler from the board. I genuinely believe enough of Jay's failure was the fault of the Chicago Bears as an entity that uh, ruins football players. That I'm willing to cut him a little bit of slack. Not all of, not the slack that I did ten years ago, but some. But slack. Right. Now you will notice one guy who's not on this list is Josh McCown, and I think that says enough about Jay Cutler <laughs> that we don't need to go into it really. Okay, uh, yeah, so Jay has been struck. I guess, is it my turn to nominate a guy to eliminate then? Go for it. Sure. Um, so I'm going to eliminate Matt Barkley. Uh, that was just next be- for me. Just because that was a man who was a third-string quarterback in what was basically a tank season. He was never supposed to play. He was only playing that much because there was practically no one left. Both Cutler and Hoyer were dead. Um, yeah, if you are relieving and Brian he was, Hoyer, I can't be too mad that you were not good. And in Matt Barkley's defense, he was absolutely one of the more entertaining guys on this list in terms of play style. Because 
The funniest thing about Matt Barkley's statistics otherwise is that if he did not turn the ball over at just a historically awful rate, the man was basically a Hall of Famer. I mean, he averaged 7.5 yards per attempt. He was averaging 12.5 yards per completion. He was throwing for 230 yards per game, which is pretty good in Bears terms. So, I mean, he was... He, he was taking a lot of chances, and a lot of them ended up in the hands of uh, opposing DBs. But you know what? If you're a third-string quarterback playing out the string for a 3-13 and team, you sling that rock. You sling that rock, Matt. So I'm going to strike Matt Barkley from the list, even though he, I did feel he was worth mentioning because, again, that interception percentage statistic was quite whopping to think that of all the Bears quarterbacks we've seen, this man was technically the worst of them at throwing interceptions. Um, made him an honorable mention on the list for sure. So, Matt, you are gone. All right. All right. I guess next up, the next lowest guy on my list uh, is Andy Dalton. I I would uh, toss him off this list because I, I think he's on this list more because of Nagy than Andy Dalton. 100%. Yes. Yeah, I, I never got the sense that Andy was, like, out there trying to maintain his spot over Justin Fields' Any more than you would expect a professional football player to be. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Play football. It's certainly nothing personal against Andy Dalton, and yet the reason he's on here for me is that I cannot express the blood curdling anger that I felt watching that man take just, snaps just that he never week should, after week he was just, starting just just week after week i mean just so i mean to think about this i mean after the 2020 season i was literally done with the bears i was done i i yeah. told travis i was like they mitch sucked uh they they are have the 20th overall pick they are fucked they are stuck in quarter and purgatory they signed Andy fucking Dalton. There was a brief window in time there, and it turns out it would have been much much worse if this had happened. But where you thought they were going to get Russell Wilson, where you thought they were going to get Deshaun Watson, those rumors were hot and heavy. Um, and again, both of those things would have turned out yep. horribly for Huge very different reasons. Dodge. Dod- yep. Bullets were dodged, but... Got way out of the way. It is a in, little bit miraculous that we managed to dodge the Deshaun dodge. Watson bullet twice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh... But yeah, they 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 nearly they they were gonna have one of those guys, which at the time were Pro Bowl quarterbacks that you'd have been very excited about. And then those rumors collapsed, and within like two days, they had signed Andy Dalton. And I told Travis, I said, I'm not doing that. I am not watching Andy Dalton take a snap as a Chicago Bear. I'm not doing that. Uh, and then draft night came, and Justin Fields was drafted, and I was all on board again. And then Matt Nagy just, I will never forget the rage I felt after that first preseason game when Fields did everything you could have asked for the kid in his first preseason game and Matt Nagy wouldn't even give him snaps with the first team in practice he was that afraid of a competition he was that afraid of having to play this kid he was that afraid of having to actually be a head coach in the National Football League and make actual decisions Um, so yes it's not about Andy Dalton it is entirely about what he represented it is entirely about the experience of the fact that I had to watch too much of him instead of the team just giving valuable reps that that uh, their guy sorely needed to their young quarterback. Um, also, the arguments that it engendered. And I still think Justin Fields, especially in the eyes of people like podcast nemesis Hub Arkish, 
still suffers from the perception that Matt Nagy created out of whole cloth that he mentally was not ready to be an NFL quarterback just to justify playing Andy Dalton. So, and, yes. And not only that, but, like, I, the thing that makes me the angriest is uh, when Andy Dalton came back in and got to run a different, better playbook that was better oh, suited God. to Justin Fields' skills. Oh, God. The, We're the Ravens get... this, none of this is Andy Dalton's fault, but that no, absolutely but did. The Ravens... The face of it. The Ravens game that season was the worst thing I've ever... When Fields was in the game, they ran the ball on 12 of 13 first downs. 12 of 13. At one point, Fields hit two 20-plus yard pass plays in that game, and both times, not only did they run the ball in the next play, Matt Nagy took him off the fucking field to run the Wildcat. You have Justin Fields. The man just ran for 1,200 yards, and you are running the Wildcat. Why? All right, I've gone to a dark place here. Um, anyways, I think we agree it's not Andy's fault. No, it's not right. his fault. It's not, it's not Andy's fault. I will always hate him, and it's extremely funny. It's not that your... He went from being a guy that we argued about whether he was ever going to be any good to the face of shithead offensive coordinators and coaches. Yeah, so, yeah. Keeping it's not, rookie quarterbacks. It's not your fault, like. Andy. It's not your fault, Andy. If I ever see you, I'm going to punch you, but it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um, so yeah, okay, I will begrudgingly cross Andy Dalton off the list. You will we... cross Matt Nagy off the list. I didn't say that. He's going to come yeah, up uh, again. If there is there are other players on this list that will mostly also turn into other diatribes against Matt Nagy. Um, well, so I no, mean, I didn't, I can't. already discussed a potential coach. I, I think know, yeah. I don't know what form it's going to take. I yet, thought it would Matt be Matt Nagy will get his but, due. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Matt Nagy! All right, Eric, you got to right. nominate somebody. We got to stay on track. Uh, who are we cutting? I am tempted to say we should cut the 2004 Bears QB Hydra. Um, no, I will fight you. Okay, you can you can fight me. I just I, it's hard <laughs> to argue about multiple people all fucking up while also sharing the spotlight of a person. Who is already in the bracket? That's a fair point, right. but I mean, again, I want to stress those three guys were the worst. Just that triumph—that was the worst fucking shit I've ever seen, man. That was awful. Yeah, but the so... idea of having three starting quarterbacks—it was—it was, it was bad. <laughs> but there—I mean, there's nothing different. I mean, all three of them were the same guy. I it guess all... that's fair. I mean, Craig Here's Krenzel. The deal. If you if you broke it out, if you broke out these three guys. Uh, two of them would probably make the final four. Oh yeah, I mean Jonathan yeah. Quinn would be would be in this list. Even what's funny is yeah. you, you know Jonathan Quinn only actually started. He started three games. It felt like eight. Yep. <laughs> it felt like that man. I mean, literally, I, if we were and we said this last time, if we, if this tournament truly, if we waited no other factors, if we didn't care about contract draft pick playing time, sample size, etc. If we were just rating pure football ability, I don't know that that even as a Bears fan, I have seen a quarterback who threw a worse football than Jonathan Quinn. Yeah. Bobby Wade one time was in Bears wide receiver Bobby Wade was he was interviewed one time in a very funny article about every Bears quarterback he'd ever played with. And they asked him about Jonathan Quinn. And his memory of Jonathan Quinn, he's like, that man was a basket case. He could not get the play calls out in the huddle. That was what he had to say about Jonathan Quinn. And it looked like it. That man, he would drive. I've never seen a guy 
drop back, take a perfect drop, have protection, have time, and then fire just a little button hook six yards into the dirt. At I mean, David Terrell was not very good, and honestly, I guess he I guess he could have made the list because his last snaps were in two thousand four, but I didn't. He was drafted in two thousand one, so he wasn't on this list again. But David Terrell, not a guy I had a lot of sympathy for, but that man just dejectedly throwing his hands up after another Jonathan Quinn pass just went in the dirt at his feet. Something I rem- is seared into my brain, and, and and yet Craig Krenzel was arguably just as bad. I mean, he felt better at the time because he was awful in a much more. He had a lot more flair to it than Quinn did. But yeah, I mean, they both had the same. So let's see here. Quinn, I think I was literally just looking. Quinn's passer rating that year was 53.7. Uh, Krenzel's passer rating that year was 52.5. So. Incredible. Uh, and I believe he also. Oh, yes. And quarterback rating doesn't even include the fact that Krenzel. In just five games, fumbled eight times. So that's kind of impressive. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna fight with Eric. I'm gonna join with oh, Travis. I mean, I'm gonna... Then it sounds like the 2004 Bears QB goes to the field of 16. Yeah, it's I very think... hard. I don't know if they're to, in. Like I'm imagining, and I know because I've seen the 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 spread for people who listen to this podcast. There are people out there who do not remember 2004. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I remember all. it, but I did not care about the Chicago they, Bears. In they had a game. The way that you guys did. They had it a was, game. So but this they... is this is the year, the first time we really had to deal with, like, waiting for Rex. Uh, and dealing with this triumvirate of shit in a year that was supposed to be hopeful, in a year that was supposed to be good at the beginning of it, and instead wading through this endless parade of not just bad quarterbacks but like you said Jonathan Quinn is the worst quarterback I've ever seen play in the NFL and Hutchinson isn't that far behind uh Krenzel Krenzel was like sad and impotent uh which I think is why his passer rating is lower uh but it like just the whole season it was probably the worst season I'd I'd ever involved myself right. with as a Bears fan so, until the final John Fox so and Jay Cutler. I'm going to read off the statistics for three Craig Krenzel games real quick. And I want you to realize these are the three games that Craig Krenzel started that the Bears won. I want to stress that. These are the wins. So excited. Against the San Francisco 49ers, he completed 13 of 25 passes for 168 yards, one touchdown, one interception, five sacks, and a fumble lost. That was as good as it got. Uh, the next game, 8 of 21, <laughs> 144 yards, one touchdown, no interception, so good for Craig. Five sacks again, uh, and two fumbles, he lost both. Uh, they won that game. Again, they, they won both of these games. And then the third and final win of the Krenzel era, he was 10 of 28, for 116 yards with two interceptions, five sacks again, two fumbles. He lost one of them. Uh, they won that game. They won that game 1917 on an overtime safety on the play in which they scored the safety. Brian Urlacher got kicked in the leg and almost bled to death. That's the 2004 Bears for you. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say I don't know if they're in the final four yet. I feel like they are. 
I'm going to say they are not eliminated at this juncture. We will move on. So, Eric, your nominee fails. He, they are not eliminated. Go I to don't hell. know Eric. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I can tell. That's Travis. the longest we have talked about any single player thus far. That's true. <laughs> Travis, Travis, nominate the next guy who should be cut, unlike Eric. Do okay. it right. Uh, we're getting close here, okay? But there are two guys who I think are going to fight for the last spot. And you know what? They were fighting for a spot before. So the last guy I'm going to eliminate would be Nick Foles. And I am only going to get rid of him before Haney v. Collins uh, because Foles pulled him a count, came back in, and showed us all that Mitch Trubisky needed to be given up on for good. Uh, and uh, I'm kind of thankful uh, in retrospect to him for that one game where he was like, actually, Mitch is fucking dog shit and you should move on forever. Yeah. Uh, so um, thanks for the nail in the coffin, Nick. But oh my god, that 2020 was terrible. Nick, yeah, I'm going to say Nick. Uh, Nick is spared just because he did have his moments. I mean, beating the Buccaneers, being the last team, I think, that beat the Buccaneers before they went on to win the Super Bowl in the Tom Brady forgot how many downs there are game. That was pretty funny. Uh, his Great first game. game when he came in and won the comeback against Atlanta, enjoyable. Uh, when he came back as the third stringer in 2021, talked shit about Nagy the whole time, got caught on a hot mic saying this offense just doesn't work. Um, and then came back, and then after they won that game against the Seahawks, uh, when he was asked about it, and he said basically, yeah, uh, if the guy, if if uh, he'd run the route as it was called, he wouldn't have gotten open. So I just told him to you know run a good route instead. Um, so the, the the prodigious Matt Nagy shit talking from Nick Foles alone spares him. But yeah, I also just think. He, he looked very boring. There were a lot of checkdowns, but I'm also willing to admit that the, the offensive line when he was in there uh, had a lot of Rashad Coward in it. And well, he, Don't worry, folks. He's coming up eventually. Um, I don't blame it all on Nick. Uh, so, yeah, I don't – and I don't have malice in my heart for Nick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Nick can be eliminated. And, and let's be real. It's hard to be one of the four worst Bears quarterbacks. It is. This is <laughs> it's the tight it's field. A, it's, a, it's a tough – job it's their big shoes to fill That's right fall down in break your shoulder in whatever else okay nick is not uh you know he's he's he was bad as a bear he wasn't that bad okay so who do we, we who do we have left alive so trubisky's in grossman is in we have, we have we have caleb the we have 2004 Haney, bears 2004. and Haney v collins okay i'm gonna say so I'll, i will say i'm willing to cut todd collins even though i will admit Todd, we're just going to say what I just said about Jonathan Quinn. Todd Collins right there next to Quinn in terms of just the worst thrower of the football the Bears have had. The man was so washed. You you could hear, I don't know if any of you guys are David Lynch fans. I'm not. But if you've ever seen that fucked up baby from Eraserhead and like it's weird plaintive crying, um, that's what that's the sound that Todd Collins' shoulder made whenever he tried to throw a pass at that point. <laughs> um, it was His arm was just the fucked up baby from Eraserhead. Uh, but yeah, as bad as that was, Todd Collins, even including, now I will say this, I will give Todd like a special award in that I do think he had the single worst game of any of these guys. I mean, against, against the, (laughs) against the Panthers. So he was what? 10 of 27 for 68 yards with five interceptions. Yeah two sacks i mean the single worst game but it was literally a single game and then the nfc championship game he had what like four passes 
I do think two for eight or something. I mean, let's not absolve him. No, no, I mean, and and this this is a hard one because Todd Collins was replaced by Caleb Haney for being worse than Caleb Haney. Right. So everybody can agree that that was the correct choice. It is tricky, but I think I think the fact that Caleb Haney played a part in ending two potential Super Bowl or at least. I mean, in 2010, definitely. I mean, if they had won that game, they were going to the Super Bowl. 2011, I still think that was, in fact, the best team of the Levy era uh, before Cutler went down. Uh, the fact that Caleb Haney got a lot more playing time uh, to do a lot more damage. Uh, Greater and, psychic damage, for sure. And, and played a role in, in two really awful uh, season ending, or the ending of two really awful seasons. I do think that, that advances Caleb Haney into the bracket over Todd. But I do agree, if you had to have one of them start one game, you'd, you'd pick Caleb, but he didn't start enough games. The, the damage was more limited. I, I am voting... Also, Todd Collins had the good sense to just be done. He was like, you right. know what? I'm not even going to try anymore. Well, and Todd, I mean... <laughs> he, he, he... After that NFC change, he never... Well, and, game after that, right? No, I mean Todd was like, Todd was retired when the Bears called him. Todd yes. was only on the roster. I mean, he had last thrown uh, a pass, or he had last thrown a pass. I guess he had, he played a he did he didn't start a game, but he threw a couple passes for Washington the year before. But like Todd was retired. Mike Martz called him because Mike Martz didn't think Caleb could run his offense. Which right? I mean, half right, he half was wrong. Correct. Half he right, was half correct. wrong, Mike. Yeah. Um, uh, we spent we spent a lot of time during that season wondering why Todd Collins was still on the team. Right. Uh, just game after game, we were like, Todd Collins is still the third quarterback. Uh, and to see him actually walk out there in that NFC Championship game at a point, um, and knowing for week after week we've been like, we really need somebody who is not Todd Collins to be in this role uh, because Caleb Haney obviously isn't going to do it. Um I, whoa, I whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I'm not going to let you off like that, Mr. Freak. Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa, Caleb no, Haney is on, Are you going to save it? All right, we'll save it. All right. Because Caleb's moving on. Fucking, because Caleb's you, moving on. Caleb's no, moving on? All right, you're going to vote for Kate. You're going to vote Caleb to advance as well. Okay. Because I know that for you particularly, I psychologically uh, damaged you. You did. With you did. Caleb Haney. You did. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I guess, okay, so there is there is one other option. We could advance... Collins and and the 2004 quarter or we could advance Collins and Haney into the final four and pass off the 2004 guys absolutely um, not okay all right so Eric uh are you voting are you voting I mean, Haney, I mean, Haney? it sounds like you both vote Haney but yeah that's probably the right choice okay so I think our field is set our, our quarterback field of four our quarterback region is set at uh Trubisky Grossman, the 2004 Bears Hydra, and Caleb Haney. Does that sound good? That's our good region? Perfect. All right. Travis, I can no longer see for some reason how long we've been recording. How much? How? Where are we at? Are we good? Uh, well, let's finish this this next region. We have plenty right, of time. time. Okay. Let's do, uh, let's, yeah, we'll do the draft of disappointments, and then as I, as I suspected... I think we're gonna have two whole weeks setting this field before we I, actually. I do honestly it. kind of expected the quarterbacks to take an entire episode. That's true. We're, we're cruising. Okay, uh, draft of disappointments. We are gonna introduce our field of ten. Here's here we, we go. We'll start out with Kevin White, wide receiver, 
Um, fun fact, Charles Rogers, uh, if you, we mentioned him on our draft episode, but you remember, you may or may not remember him as a Detroit Lion because he only started nine games in his career. Isn't that terrible for a top 10 drafted wide receiver? Just nine career starts. Anyways, Kevin White started eight. He has started eight games in his career. The only two wide receivers since 1986 to be drafted in the top 10 and not even break 10 career starts. Um... So yeah, that's Kevin White there for. I think that's all there is to say because yeah, I mean, all, all I remember about Kevin there, White is hearing that Kevin White was injured again. Yeah, there are, that he caught a hail mary as the clock ran out. Yeah, one there, yard shy of a touchdown. I'd, I'd love to give relevant statistics for Kevin White, but there aren't any because the man did not play. So uh, number two, Cedric Benson, and and I feel a little bad about this because Cedric has since passed on. But I will say this: I said it on draft day in two thousand four, and I will say it now. They had a better running back. They had a better running back on. The roster they had Matt Thomas Jones is only not the best Bears running back of our lifetimes because Matt Forte exists. They had Thomas Jones and they drafted a running back. They drafted it was less stupid in two thousand four, but it was still stupid. Two thousand five, they had a better running back and he fumbled in the goddamn Super Bowl. He fumbled in the Super Bowl. All right, I think that's enough for Cedric Benson. Uh, number three, Michael Haynes, fourteenth overall pick in the two thousand three draft. Uh, had five and a half sacks in his career. So, yeah, there's Michael Haynes. Uh, next up, Chris Williams, I believe also the 14th overall pick in 2008. Um, I would like to inform you guys, Chris Williams' back is fine, guys. Quit asking about it. His back is fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's totally, he's going to, he's day-to-day. He is totally fine. He's not currently having an undisclosed back surgery in Mexico as we speak. He's fine. Chris Williams' back is fine. He allowed seven sacks, in, and that was in his best year, and I call it his best year because that was the only year where he stayed healthy long enough to even allow seven sacks. So, Chris Williams, everybody, offensive tackle. Uh, next up, another offensive tackle um, who came pre-injured, Gabe Carini. Gabe Carini. Fun fact about Gabe, he had a 48.6 pass block grade per throw put per pro football focus. Jesus fucking Christ. Third worst of any Bears tackle. This is Bears tackles. It's not exactly a a, a murderer's row um, in that exact category. There's a lot of them in this tournament. you got to work hard to be the worst. Third worst of any Bears tackle with at least 100 pass block snaps. And don't worry, the other two are also on this list, but they were not drafted in the first round like Gabe. Uh, with at least 100 pass block snaps since 2006. Uh, and that's the only stat that we only year that we really have that data for because it was the only year that he played basically. So there's Gabe. Uh, next up, Shay McClellan. Shay McClellan, folks, the encapsulation of the Emory era, an athlete out of position drafted to play a flex role. Uh, except his own coaches didn't really want to use a flex player or know how to use a flex player. And he was, on top of all that, he was drafted two spots ahead of Chandler Jones, a defensive end who, I must stress, would currently be the best defensive lineman on this year's Bears. Like, in 2023. I just saw an article uh, requesting that we trade for him, in fact. I would be happy about it. He should have been a Bear in 2012. (laughs) I remember sitting there on draft night. We were... We were... We were in the shout box on our old blog, and I was going, holy shit, Chandler Jones is still available. And then they read off the name Shay McClellan, and I said, ooh. That's um, right. Yeah, next up, Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller, folks, uh, they gave up a second and a fourth round pick to trade up and take Anthony Miller in 2018. In his best year, he peaked at 656 yards receiving. 
that didn't stop him from running his mouth like he was Randy Moss. He also got ejected <laughs> from a playoff game in his last Bears game ever. He was taken ahead of DJ Chark, and you're going, well, DJ Chark's not that good. That's not really what... Anyways, DJ Chark has over a 1,000 more yards in his career than Anthony Miller, and I must read it, DJ Chark is not that good and has missed, like, two entire seasons uh, in that career, and still that many more yards than Anthony Miller. Also, he played for the Jaguars for most of his career, and again, still a 1,000 more yards than Anthony Miller, whom they gave up a second and a fourth-round pick to move up to get. Uh, next up, Adam Shaheen. Adam Shaheen, the 40, 45th overall pick for a tight end from a Division II school. Not an FCS school, a Division II school, who compiled 26 catches for 249 yards and four touchdowns in three seasons. He was last seen ending his career by refusing to be vaccinated against COVID. He was taken ahead of notables like Juju Smith-Schuster, Deion Dawkins, the current tackle for the Bills, Alvin Kamara of the Saints, Cooper Cup, uh, Chris Godwin. And of course, if you were looking specifically at tight ends, he was drafted ahead of, you know, at his position, uh, uh, some guy named George Kittle. So that's Adam Shaheen for you, gang. Uh, next up, um, Dan Bazewin was it? Do you think it was pronounced? Uh, I wish Bazine. Baz. I okay. I wish I knew how it was pronounced. I never knew because I never heard it announced by anyone during a game because he never played. He was a second round pick. Who, first of all, I mean, it must be noted that even before he got injured, that was a bad pick. This man was considered an overdraft in the second round in the first place. He was a middling athlete from Central Michigan. Uh, we talked about relative athletic score a lot during our draft coverage um, and how, you know, you want to have like an eight or a nine uh, relative athletic score. And uh, Dan had just a 5.15. Uh, and again, was injured before his first NFL game and never, ever. I don't think he even took a single preseason snap. I think the, the extent of this man's NFL career was like half of one training camp. So there's Dan. And last but not least, eh, I might be least. In the draft and disappointments category, Mark Bradley, the 39th overall pick in the 2005 NFL draft. He had just 38 catches for 583 yards in his career, started just four games in four years in Chicago. So he had half of a Kevin White um, in terms of his career starts. Um, but, I mean, he was competing with other luminaries such as um, Bobby Wade and Justin Gage for playing time. So who could crack such a lineup? Uh Anyways, another wide receiver who was taken just over 20 picks later in that same round, Vincent Jackson. So that's Mark Bradley, folks. So those are our 10 drafted disappointments. I'll just read them off again real quick for everybody. Kevin White, Cedric Benson, Michael Haynes, Chris Williams, Gabe Karimi, Shea McClellan, Anthony Miller, Adam Shaheen, Dan Bazine, Baswin, Bazoon, Bazooka, Dan uh, and Bassoon. Dan Bassoon, and Mark Bradley. We'll just refer to Dan as Sir not appearing in this NFL career. So, Excellent. Yeah. All right, okay. folks. See, this is, this is going to be a hard one because yes. the theme here is most of these guys played little or no football at all. <laughs> yep, okay. that is, that's why the I Regents... I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. Hear me out here. I want to eliminate all three wide receivers right off the bat. Not because they weren't terrible. They were all uniquely terrible in their own way. But the other seven guys, 
are so fucking bad, and I hate them so fucking much. Okay, I mean... I don't have animosity for Mark Bradley. He lived through the Grossman era. I don't have animosity for Kevin White. He got hurt. I don't have animosity for Anthony Miller. It was Mitch fucking Trubisky throwing him the ball. I just don't hate them as much as these other guys. Okay, okay, well, hold on, though. I mean, so you want to rule out Kevin White because he got hurt, but, I mean, you're keeping Dan Bazin in the list? I... Not, I mean, I also want to get rid of Dan, but I'd like to talk about Dan a bit more specifically. Oh, you want to talk about Dan, do you? Is Dan who you want to use to make a little point about opportunity costs? Don't worry, I'm going to talk about gains later. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, okay, so you want to... I'm not going to eliminate all three wide receivers right off the bat. I won't Really? Do I who do you do think is going to compete with the other seven or six? I Let's mean, say the Kevin White, six. sir, was a top ten... Kevin, he got hurt. Pick. It was injuries. He didn't personally hurt you. Ick. Hold up, I'm going to say the name Kevin White, and then I'm going to say the name Cedric Benson, and you're going to tell me that one of those guys didn't spike your fucking I mean, that's the kind of thing... That's the kind of thing we could debate in... Uh, all right, I'll tell you what. I will drop Anthony Miller, and okay. I will drop Mark Bradley. We're going to okay. leave Kevin in for now. We're going to leave Kevin in for now. Eric, what do you think? I, I think Kevin merits discussion. Okay. Right. I mean, we should talk about Kevin and Dan together then, right? Was, well, I it, it, this is not very scientific, but Kevin White kept coming back. Dan got hurt. Okay. They, he had You're an right. He didn't oh, uh, even make it to start to the start of the season. So are you calling? For. Are, is it your supposition that Dan that Dan Baswin did not want it enough? He did not no, have the grit. No, it's that he never, no, no, he no, never no. got oh. the chance to play. Oh. He oh. Never so you're saying anything. it's worse? I think I think what you're saying is it's worse because every season we thought, well, if Kevin White is something, yes. Okay, so we, we had it's... to keep going back to the Kevin White well. All right. And so... Every time. He found, you know, he got hurt so, in a different way. Not his fault. So in the Kevin White in in the Kevin White defense, uh, or in the Kevin White argument, you're basically you're quoting a show that I don't think any of us have ever watched, but God knows I've seen this quote enough. You're quoting Ted Lasso, and you're saying it's the hope that kills you. I don't know that that's a quote. I don't know anything about Ted Lasso, but, but sure, it's but the yeah, hope yes. that kills you. You're saying the fact that the fact that you that there were like several years there where you said maybe Kevin White yeah, there's, can there's still be no worth the seventh over. Psychic damage. There's okay, no, I don't care right. about him. Okay. okay, we can keep Kev. Okay, okay. so okay. so the only thing I wanted to say about Dan Bazin, and we will talk about this again with Gaines Adams, uh, is I think it's easy to eliminate. Dan from this talk because he didn't cause that psychic damage which is impressive considering that he is just the literal wasted second round draft pick. He was the 62nd overall pick. He played not one down in the NFL but I don't think he competes with these other guys because of how badly they fucking like some of these guys I honest to god hate. Uh, like if I saw them on, if I saw Cedric Benson's ghost on the street, I would be upset. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! <laughs> this, is, this is an even the bad version. I know this. Travis yeah. being angry at a ghost. Oh God! Right. Yeah. Do, wait I was not, I was expecting you to body a different dead man. Uh, <laughs> God damn! All right. Okay. So Kevin White lives, which is interesting to me. 
Kevin White uh, lives, but Cedric Benson doesn't, apparently. All right. <laughs> Cedric Benson is going through. Uh, okay. That's for fucking sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we can say Cedric Benson is, a, is in the field. We'll just, we'll just slot Ced into the top yeah. four. Okay. I, can, okay, I will agree with We that. all agree. Okay. All right. All right. I I'm not... think this one might be easier to vote for the guys we think belong. Okay. You might be right. I, I, I can pick out my four sight unseen here or without argument i the rest of these guys less kevin white i i just i I don't know that i could differentiate between them so who are your four who are the other three for you my four would have been kevin white cedric benson gabe karimi and shay mcclellan Mm, that's a pretty good four I, I am willing to, uh, after having talked about Kevin okay, White, I Travis, to actually, that's good. Kevin White. Actually, that's good. So Eric's giving us our four. Travis, give us your four, and then I'll give my four, and then we'll automatically keep anybody who's on all three lists. I, my four are actually very different from Eric's, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, it's okay. Cedric Benson, Michael well, Actually, hold Haynes. on. Actually, wait a second. So Travis had said Kevin White. Uh, who were you? Okay, you said Gabe and Shay. Okay. Travis, who did you have? I have Cedric Benson, Michael Haynes, mm. Chris Williams, and Adam Shaheen. <laughs> Adam picked the exact opposite. I okay. pretty much picked the other dudes. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So, so you're the my, tiebreaker, Kyle. Okay, so my four would be Cedric. Uh, I am also going to include Gabe Karimi. So, uh, and then I would also say... Um, I'm I'm gonna go with with Shay as well. Uh, Ooh, Shay! I'm, I'm gonna have to defend Chris Williams. You're gonna have to here? defend. Are no, you you're gonna have to. Def- I mean, you're gonna have to defend Michael Haynes over Shay. Let me talk about Chris Williams. No, I'm not even done yet. You will wait. Have you no decency, <laughs> sir? Have you no decency at last? Um, but to throw to throw Travis a bone, I'm also gonna include Adam Shaheen. So. Okay, Ooh, so the, I really have to talk about Chris. Chris is my number two. Chris is your two. Okay, so I mean, I, I still think we we gotta say something about everybody. Okay, even even, even Cedric, who has moved through. Okay, Cedric is Cedric is in. Okay, guys. so okay, guys, I'm now I'm gonna go off on Chris Williams here. Yeah, I want you to ex- so I want. Travis I want to go off and tell me why Chris Williams over Gabe Creamy because I do see them as very yeah. similar. I mean, the problem is basically the same for both guys. So I want to I want to hear. Okay, what... to me, to me, that's the most obvious thing. I can't believe you would say Gabe Creamy is worse than Chris Williams. Here, here's the years they played: Chris Williams, 2008 to 2012; Gabe Creamy, 2011 to 2012. Chris Williams played five fucking years on the Bears. Gabe only played two. Chris Williams was the 14th overall pick. Gabe was the 29th overall pick. Chris Williams, let's talk about opportunity cost. You want to know who went right after Chris Williams? Yes, it was another tackle. It was Brandon fucking Albert out of Virginia. A Pro Bowl tackle. Just like that, we could have had a good tackle instead of a shitty tackle. Chris Williams, playing from 2008 to 2012, that means... He was there in 2010. Boy, we sure could have fucking used the tackle. You think maybe a good tackle would have put us over the edge a little bit there for Jay? You think maybe Jay wouldn't have gotten fucking injured? You think maybe that Bears team would have kept the Packers out of the fucking playoffs if we had a good tackle on that team? Chris Williams wasted good Bears defenses. So was, five years, he moved all over the line. He worked at zero positions. All right, I'm on gonna the line. hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. 
I honestly forgot that Chris Williams uh, was still there. I thought he left after 2010. I didn't realize he was still there for for another year and a half. Looks like he Five. he was cut in 2012. Um, so I actually, you know what, Travis, you sold me. I'm going to change my Karimi vote to Chris Williams. I think the main problem with Chris Williams, and I think the reason Karimi sticks out, I feel like Karimi had the game. Um, Karimi against the 49ers. Um, specifically, I believe it was Alden Alden Smith, basically, who, like, disemboweled him and wore his insides as a hat as he <laughs> tackled um, Jason Campbell, like, 50 times on primetime TV. Uh, I, and I feel like Karimi also had a very notably bad game against the Texans that year, I feel like I remember. So I feel like Karimi had more high-profile figures, whereas Chris Williams just stacked years and years of being like a bad offensive lineman but but never necessarily the worst offensive lineman um on his own unit so he didn't stick out as much but you know what you've persuaded me i'm gonna change my vote from gabe williams to from chris williams or from gabe to chris williams so i'm gonna put chris williams i will allow this but i'm still gonna speak my piece about gabe this is not now hold up hold up this is not an exception to Gabe Karimi. Gabe That's right. Karimi they could, is terrible. Yes, yeah, That's I, true. I know. I just, yeah, so it's something we could, we could advance both. So. Yeah. so for me, the argument in favor of Gabe Karimi is that we spent all of those years that Chris Williams was notably sucking it up saying, God, the Bears, really, they just need to draft a young lineman. They need, we need a new lineman. A lineman is all we need to save this team. And they drafted a guy who was already fucking hurt. Yep. <laughs> Who never had, you know, he just never got going. He, I, I when I was and up, and they hey, did how shitty was Gabe Karimi? I found an article from that year saying here's why Gabe Karimi is gonna fix the Chicago Bears. And oh, and they did the thing that we hate, that we really hate when they draft a tackle, which is that they drafted a college left tackle and then immediately asked him to play right tackle. They do yeah. that a lot. That's yeah, always they, frustrating. They, they drafted or, or a they, hurt left tackle yeah. to save the team by starting at right tackle. Yeah. Um, that's true. Being re-injured is a really good point. I think saying that we all knew that he probably wasn't going but, to last long in the NFL right as soon as we drafted him. But, but, Chris Williams, I guess... At the time of the draft, it wasn't known that he was pre-injured, but he did turn out to be pre-injured. And Chris Williams, very similar to Tevin Jenkins, uh, if you remember his first training camp, he just wasn't there. Like, he wasn't practicing, and everyone was like, where, where is Chris Williams? Where is your first-round pick? And the Bears were, like, very mysterious and very aloof about it, and they were like, he's going to show up. He's day-to-day. He's fine. And then the next thing you know, basically, he was having season-ending surgery before he'd ever really played. Um, so uh, Chris Williams does not escape on the... So, should we table it for now and just keep Chris Williams and Gabe Karimi both in contention? Or actually, I guess, should we pass Chris Williams on through? No bearing on Gabe Karimi. Should we pass Chris Williams on through? It sounds like we probably, I mean, if, if, if Travis has swung you, I certainly, yeah. had, my heart was stirred by okay. your impassioned yeah, I, uh, attack. Okay. <laughs> I, I really, I didn't, I want to make clear, I'm not going after Gabe Karimi here because I, I think he could still make it because okay. he really was terrible. Right. Also important to note yeah, with mean, Gabe, for, for, for me, Mo Wilkerson and about... Cam Hayward went right after Gabe yeah, Karimi. Yeah, they had okay. options. Okay. Yeah, my, my, my hatred for Gabe is all about that moment Okay. of being like, wow, they tried to do the right thing in and a it, way that sucks so and much. And, 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 
and to be clear, Gabe was like the consensus pick at that point. Like nobody, not one person was like, oh yeah, that's a bad pick by the Bears. Nobody questioned it. Nobody, it was just like, yeah, you take, you, you took the left tackle from Wisconsin. The last guy who was the left tackle from Wisconsin and went first round was Joe Thomas and he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, you just take the Wisconsin left. Yeah, absolutely. You do that. So, I mean, it, it felt like it couldn't go wrong and it went so wrong. Um, so there was psychic damage from that. All right, so Gabe is still in contention. Um, all right. Should we talk defensive ends? Should we? I. You both had Shea McClellan. We both had way. Shea, and you had Michael Haynes. So give me your case. This is uh, Travis is really litigating tonight. Travis, give me Michael Haynes over Shea. I think we'll put them head to head here because I I'm very strongly Shea's passing through. I think. Okay, so I think. I think I'm going to be very easily swayed towards Shea McClellan because I, I really, both of these guys are terrible. When I went back and looked at Michael Haynes, I didn't realize, like, how bad of a pick that was. Uh, so Michael Haynes played three years for the Bears, 03 to 05. He was then cut, and he never caught on with another team, not even, like, preseason. He, was... he played, he was the 14th overall pick. And then he was gone in three years. Yeah, I mean, it's a so it Michael Haynes would win under the Jonathan Quinn category, like in terms of just pure ability. Yeah. Um, I mean, Haynes flared out so quickly. I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I guess he had five and a half sacks over three years. I don't remember a single play Michael Haynes made in his career. I remember Completely a lot impotent, but I do remember a lot of Shea McClellan, most of it bad. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean. The other things I'll say about Michael Haynes, two picks later, Troy Polamalu. Six picks yeah. later, Dallas Clark. Both positions we could have very easily taken in 2003. Okay. We did not actually need a defensive lineman at that point, which the team immediately showed, made him expendable, and then he just, he was gone. So he's he is a complete waste of a pick. The opportunity cost was multiple so- Hall of Famers. All right, so let's let's talk opportunity cost. Uh, yeah, no, this is the thing. I know with Shay. So I'm just gonna roll through. So the very next guy up after Shay, not even a great player, but Kendall Wright, wide receiver, uh, had almost 4,000 yards in his career. Yep, could um, use that guy. Could have used that guy even as just as a solid slot guy during those Cutler years. Uh, the next guy up, Chandler Jones. I already mentioned him, still playing, 112 career sacks. And so, again, let's in 2012, the Bears decided they needed defensive end. I don't know why they decided that was what they truly needed with Julius Peppers and Israel Adonijay, why that was the, the position they zeroed in on. But they were locked in on defensive end. So let's say that they were only considering defensive ends. So they took Shea McClellan at defensive end. Shea ended his career with eight and a half sacks. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, no, wait. That's not what that number is. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. I don't know why they have... Oh, that's Mark Barron, not Ryan Tannehill. I'm looking at the wrong line. Okay. So Shea ended his career with eight and a half career sacks. Two picks later, Chandler Jones still going with 112. Um, and then, uh, let's see here. One, two, let's see. One, yeah, two, after three, that we had, four, five, we had six Whedon. picks later. Yeah. Six, picks la- six, picks, six, six picks later, Donta Hightower, middle linebacker, possibly a Hall of Famer at his position, at the very least a Hall of very good middle linebacker, and that was the last year that Erlacher played. We could have used a replacement linebacker, and you really wanted Donta Hightower. I remember that, Travis. Um, uh, yes. When so that man, draft pick went through, it was you yelling about Chandler Jones and me yelling about Donta Hightower. So, and here's the thing about Donta. He was not a pass rusher. 
he was an off-ball linebacker, and yet he still had almost four times as many sacks in his career as Shane McClellan. He had 27. Next up... You know what? You, hold on. I want to. You know what is funny, too, is that because of that, they then ended up trying to replace a linebacker with John Bostick. It's true. Also yep. could be could on have this been. list. <laughs> could have been. The only reason John Bostick did not make this cut is that John Bostick is still in the NFL, which is crazy. Yeah, he's, he's, yes. he's And yeah. he's never. He's arguably never been good, but he's still here. Um, I, Kyle, you skipped over a couple of dudes. Riley Reef and David DeCastro so, went yeah, before Donta Hightower. Shay, Shay McClellan cost us a lot. Yeah, so I, no, I was just... No, those guys were also... I was just saying, if you were literally just looking at other defensive ends they could have taken... Because they were zero, so uh, the next defensive end taken after Chandler Jones was Whitney Merciless, who was a pretty solid player for four or five years. Nothing great. Fifty-eight, the coolest name. Fifty-eight career sacks. So still fifty more career sacks than Shea was still playing even two years ago. Uh, Nick Nick Perry remembered as a as a bust in Green Bay. Remembered as one of their most disappointing first round picks. That man still. 32 career sacks to Shea's eight. And then finally, uh, oh no, that was the last defensive end. I was looking at Harrison Smith, who was a safety, still playing, still a key part of the Vikings defense. Even the safety had 16 and a half sacks to Shea's career 8.5. So uh, the Shea McClellan pick just failed on every level. It was, they were taking a small, remember when this man was drafted, the conspiracy theory was that he was drafted secretly to be the Erlacher replacement because he was too small and not strong enough to play defensive end. And they were like, no, no, no. We brought him in to be a defensive end. And he was just a really horrible defensive end. He was taken ahead of three defensive ends who ranged from all-pro player in Chandler Jones to pretty good player in Whitney Merciless to other guy considered a bust in Nick Perry. And yet all three of them still vastly better defensive ends than Shea. So yeah, I the Michael Haynes, I get the argument, but I'm I'm sticking with Shea, sticking with Shea so hard because I mean there are and if you want to expand past the defensive ends, they could have used Kendall Wright, they could have used Riley Reef, uh, not when they finally got him, but they could have used the Riley Reef who was still good. They could have used David DeCastro. Donta Hightower would have been a perfect Erlacher replacement for the last decade. They could have used Whitney Merciless, Kevin Zeitler, a guard who is still playing, still playing pretty good football. Nick Perry would have been better. Harrison Smith. Would have better. You have to go all the way down to AJ Jenkins at pick thirty to find a guy who would not have been a better pick at that spot. The Chamber Club, well, and Brandon Whedon, I guess. Yeah. See, <laughs> I I knew all of that, and uh, I just yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much completely convinced. I think we should put Shea through. It's just right. it's probably the worst draft pick. Well, no, no we'll get to that guy. Worse. The right. second worst draft pick we've ever seen. Yeah, all right. Just so, in terms of opportunity cost. All right, so we're down to just one spot left. And, here... and I mean, he, he was a guy they couldn't even use. That's the, the weird. Yep. It wasn't even like, oh, we need, you know. And they knew. He's the best one we can get. They knew they weren't going to run the fucking 3-4. They knew yeah, they right. weren't going to run it. Yeah, if, if you are trying to do something and you pick, you know, the, the best quarterback. Like, we made fun of Brandon Whedon just a second ago. He was the the best quarterback that they could draft there, and they had to draft a quarterback. Right. That's you know that's a different case. They had no use for this man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have we have Cedric are, Benson, Chris Williams, and Shea McClellan through, and I have four dudes who have not been eliminated. Yet. So I have so that so that the the guys still floating around are Kevin White, 
Adam Shaheen and Gabe Karimi, I believe, are the three guys. Who was the other guy that you said hasn't been eliminated? Oh, I didn't eliminate Michael Haynes. I disagree Shea should be in. Okay, okay. So, all right. So, I guess, so. yeah. So, Michael Haynes versus Kevin White versus Adam Shaheen. Okay, so Adam Shaheen, um, I guess the case against him going through is that he's the only guy left who was a second-round pick, not a first-round pick. Um, That's not a bad argument. (laughs) But I think the case for him passing through is that just the whole process behind taking him was so incredibly stupid. They they reached... I mean, Travis and I, when we did our draft podcast, we did a whole argument about why we hate these tight ends who don't really play tight ends and how they are glorified wide receivers who are just kind of slow and how everyone's looking for Jimmy Graham but there's only one of those guys because Jimmy Graham was ridiculously fast um, for his position and most of these guys aren't they're just kind of fast for tight ends which only works if they can actually play tight end so Adam Shaheen was like the worst ever example of a guy basically drafted to be Jimmy Graham he was drafted off of this raw athleticism and talent and just never materialized into anything. Anything at all. Just a just a, just an awful, awful pick. But also kind of like Kevin White, every year we were sold like, hey, Adam Shaheen's looking really good in camp. This could be the year that he's figured out how to really play tight end for like three years in a row. Um, I mean, that's just kind of what we do with tight ends around here. We, we, who's the best tight end the Bears have had? It's Greg Olson, Martellus Bennett. Those are the only two good Bears tight ends I can remember. <laughs> First of all, the disrespect to Desmond Clark right now. That's right. You son of a Was bitch. That, is he? You piece of shit. The, I, maybe, s- I, maybe he's older. He, he is more recent than I thought. I thought he was he His last year as a Bear was actually 2010, so... But he, he doesn't qualify for this list because that man was just a, he was just a competent. No, I didn't think he was on the list. Saint. I just I just thought and, he was and a lot longer ago. We're we're a lot lower on Cole Komet than a lot of people I think, but I still think Cole is like an average, a league average NFL tight end, so he does not sniff this list either. Yeah, I mean there will be there is at least one more tight end who will come up next week, uh, who I think we will enjoy discussing. Yes. Um but anyways, uh we're not done with tight ends. Yeah, we're not we're not not by a long shot. But okay, so Shaheen, does the second round pick thing, does that eliminate him? And should we narrow it down to three? Is that I think that's fine because it's gonna be a hard enough fight with the other I will three. I will say I didn't I did not realize when I was thinking about it that they could have drafted Cooper Cup instead. They could have drafted Cooper Cup and again that, if even that if that makes me pretty angry. Even if you were only going with other guys at the yep. same position about, they could have drafted George Kittle. Yeah. George yeah. Kittle. And at the school that historically has basically never produced a truly bad tight end and has produced a lot of good ones. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I guess I will eliminate Adam Shaheen on second-round pick, but I, I'm glad that we talked about him a lot because he did fucking suck and he was a horrible idea. But, again, second-round pick versus the, the, the other three contenders right now were a seventh overall pick, a 14th overall pick, and I believe a 26th overall pick. So, so Shaheen is off the board. We're down to Kevin White, Gabe Karimi, and Michael Haynes. Who advances from these three? I, I, I think, I think in the interest of peace, uh, freedom, and justice for our new empire, I, I will, I will throw out Kevin White. I will make peace with Travis, and I will throw out Kevin White. Just because I honestly think there's not a whole lot to debate in when he's in the actual tournament. There's not a lot to say other than yeah, he got hurt a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm fine with him not making it. I just wanted. I thought that he deserved more consideration 
than All right. the other. He's the highest the pick. He's the highest pick on this list, but it's it, it's more of a tragedy, his story. Okay. I don't have animosity for Kevin White. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, if, if even one of his injuries had been, like, his fault, yeah, I would hate him forever. But, you know, guys get hurt sometimes. Football's a yeah. dangerous game. Yeah. Um, I would like to know who are some Bears players whose injuries you think were their fault. That, uh... Well, there is a person later in this list. Oh, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess there is one. I just, yeah, I guess. Adams. Uh... <laughs> no, no, God, no. Please no. Please don't cancel our podcast, folks. We are not accountable for his crimes. Uh, I begged him not to do it. I begged him. Oh, All right. Oh, uh, won't stop. It's only going to get more intense. Oh, my God. Please don't. Oh, for the love of God. Oh, that. God, that's so tasteless. Uh, <laughs> we begged okay, him not to. Michael Haynes and Gabe Karimi. We're, uh, we're down a lot lower than that. We're down into the fires of hell now because of you. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're down to Gabe Karimi versus Michael Haynes. Um. I'm sticking with Gabe, I think. I I, just... I, I will stick with Gabe, but I will, right. I will acknowledge that some of that is recency bias for me. I cared a lot more about the Chicago Bears when Gabe Karimi was drafted than I did when Michael Haynes was Well, drafted. and again, I, I, I guess psychological damage is weighing very heavily on a lot of this, and I have psychological damage from plays, that, from blocks that I remember Gabe Karimi not making, and I swear to God, I cannot remember... A single play of Michael Haynes' Bears career. I cannot remember ever seeing that man on the field. I think that's uh, I think that's a good argument because really the problem with Michael Haynes was that he was useless. Yeah, um, and Gabe Kareem, well, and he was just so present with how awful he was. Well, well and, and and Michael Michael Haynes was replaced by who? Adewale. Adewale Yeah. So yeah, so he it got fixed. Gabe Kareem is a wound. Well, that's part of the problem with Michael. Healed. Part of the problem with Haynes is that we just had dudes already, and well, we didn't need this guy. Well, I was just saying, the other thing about Michael is he kind of got, he's nowhere near the caliber of player, obviously, but he kind of got Greg Olson, and that the reason he really became immediately obsolete as a Bear um, was a scheme change. So Greg Blash, the defensive coordinator before Levy Smith, did not really use his defensive linemen as pass rushers. Their, their main goal was to stop the run and occupy blockers, and he liked to blitz Erlacher and Roosevelt Colvin and those guys. Um, so Michael Haynes was drafted to play a defense very different from Lovey Smith's and was never a true pass rushing defensive end like an Atawali Agunlia. So um, maybe if he had gone on to like the Steelers or something and been a 3 4 defensive end in that time, he could have salvaged somewhat of a career. But uh, yeah, I'm going to pass Gabe through and, and we'll drop Michael Haynes. So our final four then is going to be, of drafted disappointments, is going to be Cedric, Benson, Chris Williams, Shay McClellan, and Gabe Karimi. Are we all good there? I think that's a good a good four coming out of here. I, I hate all four of them, yeah. Okay, so just to revisit as we end this episode, that I, I figured we'd take two weeks setting up the field, so our quarterbacks were... Well, we're going to be here until 1 o'clock in the morning if we don't. <laughs> yeah, our quarterbacks were Trubisky, Grossman, the 2004 Bears, Hydra... And Caleb Haney, correct? Those were our four? Yep. All right. And then our four drafted disappointments were Cedric Benson, Chris Williams, Shane McClellan, and Gabe Cormier. So the first eight guys, the first two regions of our field of 16 are set. Uh, We hope we have traumatized all of you. Please don't be so upset about the tasteless dead 
Gaines Adams joke that you stopped listening to us. Travis Travis was warned and he didn't listen. Come um, come back next week for more. Stop. No. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Gaines Adams, if you have a family, I'm so sorry. We warned him not to do it. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah, so that is our that's one half of our field. Thanks for joining us. Eric, thank you for coming back. We've missed you so much, buddy. I am so excited that there's something for me to actually... Yes, do. yes, yeah. And, and I, we can't promise that Eric will be here every week because I, I feel like there will be other weeks, especially when we discuss around the NFL stuff, where he won't feel he has a lot to add to the contribution or to the discussion. But when it comes to the Bears, remembering the Bears, and especially when it comes to skewing the people who cover the Bears, uh, Eric is your guy, folks. So... We're happy he's back with us. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to say. Uh, next right. week, more more Gaines Adams. Uh, maybe yeah, some Kellen still. Davis. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm ready for yeah. Kellen Davis. Long Kellen time is... listeners are eagerly expecting. Just ready for us to talk. On Kellen Davis. Yeah, <laughs> Kellen is fair game. The the other guy is is very much the opposite of fair game. Oh, um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I've been adding some sounds to this board just for next week. Yeah, I've got some ready. players. I've got some noises ready for. All oh, right. It's going to yeah. be a good show. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, good night to you gentlemen. Good night, folks. We'll we'll see good you evening. next week. So long.